With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact. Helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Hey, it's Lily Jamali. Marketplace Tech has a new limited series out on YouTube called Decoding Democracy. With rapid advancements in new technology like AI, disinformation efforts are more convincing and more misleading than ever. So we'll be discussing how to spot things like deep fakes, how to protect yourself from disinformation, and how to talk to your friends and family about it. As always, this fact-based journalism and vital information will be free and accessible to all. As a public service newsroom, donations from you help us take on ambitious reporting projects like this one. Every single gift makes a difference. Go to marketplace.org slash give tech. AI and religion. There's more overlap than you might think. From American public media, this is Marketplace Tech. I'm Lily Jamali. Artificial intelligence, it can all feel so abstract. And so we've come to depend on certain narratives to try and make sense of it all. In case you hadn't noticed, some of the language we use to describe AI and our interactions with it is rooted in religious ideas. Bracing for the apocalypse? Have you been blessed by the algorithm or consulted with a robo-rabbi lately? The deification of AI, whether it's done consciously or not, is something Beth Singler has made a career of studying. She's a professor of digital religions at the University of Zurich in Switzerland. She says religious thinking about technology might just be us projecting. The kind of existential fears that people have about the, the development of AI, where it's going, where it might go out of control in particular ways. Those sorts of ideas, those imaginaries, they replicate sometimes religious narratives and tropes. So we've already seen quite mainstream articles talking about the dangers of godlike AI. Figures like Elon Musk talk about with AI, we're really summoning the demon, right? There's this thing that could get out of control and the language that's used pulls on those existing religious ideas, quite often the sort of monotheistic ones, so the ones we're familiar with from Christianity or Islam or Judaism, the, the idea of a singular, powerful entity that is in some ways omniscient, omnipotent, and we kind of hope maybe omnibenevolent as well, but there's a lot of conversation about how we make AI to be good, to share our values, and that's where the existential fears come in. And what do you make of that framing? Does it make sense to you? Yeah, I think a lot of the time the common conception of AI is that it is a modern thing and that religion is a not modern thing, that it's too traditional, it's too in the past, it's something for some people that we should leave behind. Well, actually, they are both modern and they both are entangled with each other. So you you get people thinking of AI religiously and you get people doing religion with AI. They're, they're inter, interacting with each other in various different ways. 
So when you get those sorts of conversations about this thing called AI and how it might become super intelligent or this thing we call the singularity, the technological singularity, this future AI that's going to be all powerful, you see people drawing on their cultural context, using the terms and the ideas they're familiar with, even if they aren't at all religious, they might be very strongly atheist in some cases, but they're there's that familiarity with these ideas of, you know, a godlike being, something that's overseeing the world. Other concepts like heaven and the afterlife tie into people's conversations about digital immortality and AI. We're basically finding our cultural resources to really try and understand this thing that's sort of almost happening to us um, more than it is something that we are creating. So what have you noticed about the way people think about the algorithms behind Instagram and X, previously known as Twitter? So in this space of uncertainty, you get people talking about how the algorithm has done certain things and made certain decisions and people expressing the feeling that they've some in some way been blessed by the algorithm. Uh, I wrote a piece of research specifically on people on Twitter using this expression and where it came up most commonly was around um, spaces where there are automated decision-making systems like the algorithm behind YouTube that decides what you're going to see next or if you're a content producer, how highly up the recommendations your content's going to be shown or if you're um, working a gig economy job as an Uber driver or a Lyft driver, you might feel that, oh, I've had a good day today. The algorithm has blessed me. But this idea that the algorithm is making some sort of choice about your future, because in some cases people would say, well, you're virtuous, so you've been blessed by the algorithm. But really all that's happening behind the scenes is there's been some very distinct decisions made by humans about the values that should be put into those algorithms. What sort of things should be optimized? But that's not always very clear. So we, as I say, we tell these stories to ourselves about being blessed by the algorithm. We'll be right back. Welcome back. What are the harms of projecting religious ideas onto AI? Yeah, that there is a concern um, in seeing these things as godlike when they're not, and that obscuring what's actually happening with the technology. If we uh, get into a sense of too much trust of AI, that if we see it as not just an agent, but actually a super agent, like a god that has the capability of controlling and guiding our lives in particular ways, that will obscure, as I said, like the humans who are actually making the decisions behind the scenes. So in in theory, there's nothing specifically harmful about people creating new mythologies around AI. But if that means that we don't notice the actual changes that are happening in society and the inequalities that are exasperated by artificial intelligence, then that's where the harm comes in. So how is AI being incorporated into existing religions and to what end? Again, as I say, some people have an assumption that religion is uh, old-fashioned, not modern, not engaging with technology. Well, actually, a lot of the time, religions are very early adopters of technology. They see the affordances, the abilities of certain technologies as very useful. The Church of England in the UK, um, a few years back, they developed what are known as Alexa skills that you can upload to your existing Alexa. And in this case, the Church of England Alexa skill would allow you to ask Alexa to recite the Lord's Prayer or to say grace before a meal. Now, in the press conference, they were very clear to point out this wasn't Alexa praying for you, but to teach you the words if you wanted to repeat it for yourself. Um, there's other examples. Uh, a, a model and computer scientist called Leo Cole has developed a robo rabbi that you can ask questions of much like you can with ChatGPT, but the content it's been trained on is sort of rabbinic law 
um, and elements of the Torah. And there's also embodied forms. So, you know, religions are experimenting with having robots uh, providing services. Uh, there's Mindar in um, Japan, which is a Buddhist robot. Uh, there's various other theomorphic robots, as they call robots, fulfilling religious tasks in various different locations. For some people, this is perhaps seen as a bit of a gimmick, uh, a performative thing to get people in, in interested in the conversation about religion and AI. But there are genuinely people also who think that, you know, there is a path towards religious experiences through technology. Um, this is a long-standing thing. You can go back to the origins of the internet and some of the early sort of techno-pagan groups saw the internet as a cyber pathway towards enlightenment in various different directions. It's not it's not entirely new in that sense. It's just, you know, we're getting more and more used to these new uses of AI as well. Based on all that you have researched and learned about this, I wonder, do you think that AI could bring about new religions and practices? Yeah, absolutely. So there's, there's various different ways that could happen. Um, AI itself, as I said, when we think of it in godlike terms, has already inspired some people to purposefully create AI religions focused on either the coming singularity, the coming superior intelligence that's coming, or to try and work towards that. Um, AI, people are using it to develop new texts that they think there might be a way to find new religious inspirations and innovations through generative AI like ChatGPT, asking it to write new religions from scratch. Um, so there's a sort of possible space for increased religiosity, but there's also the concerns around not just the stimulation of new religion, but the simulation of religion as well. So figures like uh, uh, Yuval Noah Harari, um, who's written a lot on the future of humanity and AI and transhumanism, suggests, you know, AI might be employed to create fake religions that inspire people to do particular things because it's got a good sense of how to control humans. So there's that more kind of cynical, pessimistic side as well. That was Beth Singler, professor of digital religions at the University of Zurich. As you heard Dr. Singler say, the influence of religion on how we're coming to understand AI also works the other way. AI is already influencing how some people practice religion, what she calls a cyber pathway towards enlightenment. For more on this, check out digital theologian Adam Graber in Christianity Today discussing the rise of large language models that help guide believers through religious texts. That's got potentially big, very modern implications for how people relate to these ancient scriptures. Bible GPTs, it's a thing. Links to that are on our website, marketplacetech.org. We've also linked to an LA Times article titled, Can Religion Save Us from Artificial Intelligence? Short answer, probably not. But the article brings up the genie in the bottle concept derived from the jinn, a figure with a place in Muslim and Jewish folklore. The genie can grant you a wish, but with a catch. Once it's out, you can't put it back in the bottle. In both traditions, the jinn serves as a cautionary tale that's worth noting as we ponder the ethics of AI. Rosie Hughes produced this episode. I'm Lily Jamali, and that's Marketplace Tech. This is APM. We all want to be our best selves, but it can be an expensive journey. From experimenting with alternative medicine. I was working with a natural, holistic nutritionist. 
and never really thought about the cost. To splurging on fast fashion. I was spending like all my tips. I was definitely spending like $200 a week. I'm Rima Hreis, host of Marketplace's This Is Uncomfortable. This season, we explore the cost of self-care and the real motivations behind our spending choices. Listen to This Is Uncomfortable wherever you get your podcasts.